Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone online. Um, we are going to check the audio to make sure it's uh, working well for us. Uh, what we do is we run through a mixing board and then I go directly into our laptop so you get the sound they're getting is exactly what you're hearing. Not like this, where you hear it echoey. That was us for the first few months. But with anything technical comes problems that you can never understand. <laughs> and even though I have pretty much a degree in audio engineering, uh, these gremlins will come along and uh, mess with our stuff. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? No? Bad? Kicked out, kicked in. I don't know what to tell you, man. We're doing what we can do here. Um, we want to make it excellent for people, but uh, on the fly, we can't tell. So one thing I wanted to say, too, not that none of y'all care, but it looks like the flooring is going to be done in about three weeks. Okay? So we will let you know because after some Sunday, we're going to need to move everything out of here. Especially, They won't touch electronic equipment and all that, which I wouldn't want them to touch my stuff anyway. <laughs> so what we'll do is before you, you're not allowed to leave unless you move something. Or are unable to move something. Let's not be heartless here. I don't want Bev carrying like a hundred pound thing. <laughs> She'd do it though. She would try. Okay, so <clears throat> how do we do, Bri? I think we're okay. Um, we'll just keep looking at the comments to see if it's screwed up. Okay, so today we're going to do something different. The okay, the whole reason I'm going to talk about what I'm going to talk about today is because we're all going to do an exercise together this week after this message. So this message isn't even about the message. Maybe that's why I didn't really feel too uh, pressured today. Uh, I, I took the, the bike to, uh, to church. Weather apps are full of crap. Have you ever noticed that? They're like, 0% chance of rain, AJ, take the motorcycle. I didn't even make it into Potsdam. I'm like, are you kidding me? Zero chance of rain. But what did they do before it? Just look at the skies or something? Go with Aunt, Aunt May's old arthritic knee? <laughs> Yeah, oh, let's see, Marie knows. All right, so for now on, call Marie if you need to know. <laughs> She'll be the church's weather vane. How's that? You might be good till about oh, 2 o'clock. <laughs> oh, sorry, people online, but we're having a good time. All right, so we're going we're gonna to look at this, but again, I'm not looking at this just for information. Yeah, you all are going to get great information today. Absolutely. But has, really, the end of it is what's going to matter in people's lives. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at a prayer that the Lord taught uh, his, his disciples. Now, um, this has been really warped and, 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 and misused. I wouldn't say misused, but uh, let's just dig into it and then, and, then, and then we'll go from there. So let's look at the first couple slides. I'll see what they do. <clears throat> okay. So they walk up to Jesus. Well, let's just jump right in. And they say this. They say, Lord, teach us to pray. You have something we don't have. Let's break it down. The walk-in on water thing, awesome. Water to wine, also economical. V great job, right? You have something we don't have, Marie. It seems like you've got this connection with God. Teach us to have that. And he says, when you pray, say, okay? But if you look at Matthew, like we're doing right here, he sets it up. Before he says the what's called our Father Prayer, which you've all heard and recited in unison, even though we don't know what the heck we're saying, we all said it in that creepy monotone voice, let's... We're not doing that today because it weirds me out. Because you all get, we well, don't talk like you anymore. You notice? You start to do that. <laughs> like, we're not, heaven. we're not doing it. We're not doing it. It's creepy. But beforehand, he gives you this precursor. And again, even, even yesterday, I was having a conversation with some of my closest friends in, on the planet. And there's such a temptation to take one verse theology. I mean, even good verses. I'm going to show you both spots that the Our Father Prayer is. Because, Mike, if you look at it in Luke, you're going to miss this part. You missed this part. He doesn't say this in Luke, but in Matthew he does. So here, this is what we're going to do. Before he introduces the Father's, our, our Father prayer, this is what he says. When you pray, boom, 
when you're going to do what I'm about to tell you to do to connect to God, don't be like these people over here, hypocrites, pagans, hypocrites. Because these folks, they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in their churches and on street corners to be seen by men. Now, I'm telling you the truth. Whenever he says that, that's like highlighting, okay? Verily in your King James. Verily I say unto thee, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, you go into your room, you close the door, and you pray to your father who's unseen. Then your father who, is, who sees what is done in secret, he will reward you. And when you pray, going back to it, number two, don't keep babbling like they do. These pagans, they think they're going to be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them. Your father knows what you need before you even ask him. So that's their father prayer. Let's say, no, 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 no. All right, fine, 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 fine. <laughs> Worms out, one more strong. Okay. So before he even gives the our father prayer, which again, they say, Lord, teach us to pray. You've got something we, we don't have. How do we connect like you do, Mike, right? So before you even do this, don't, don't, don't do this. But actually, listen, here's what he's doing, Kirk, and I love this. He says this. Tim Keller st states it really well from a Presbyterian church in New York City. I want to cite him really. He says this. There's a dividing line to humanity. This is what Jesus is telling us. And Marie, he's not talking about the religious from the non-religious. Here's what he's talking about. He's talking about the religious from the Christian. Oh, good, 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 good. We'll get there. The first character he mentions, he calls him the first slide, please. He calls him the hypocrite. We also calls him the pagan, right? So you've got two characters, right, Kirk? You got this one and that one. Then he goes back again. What do they do? Look at this. No, no, no. Let's go to the first slide, please. Sorry. Yeah, we'll track back. He says this. They stand in their churches and on their street corners and they pray. They're doing religious-y stuff, guys. Notice this. This is not the, you know what I mean? Like, first you think about it and you're like, oh, yeah, the non-believer and the believer. No, this is not it at all. It's the religious versus the faithful. They're doing it. They're in church. They're, they're doing stuff. They're taking time, okay? It doesn't say, like, there's this one set of dudes who are sitting at home watching football and neglecting their families. It doesn't say that, does it? No, it says they're actually in church. This is the scariest part of it all. They're sitting in church. They're doing the churchy thing, right? Okay. He says they really look and act and feel religious, but I'm here to tell you, says Jesus, that they're tragically missing it. And he's saying there are, they, they pray as pagans, and then there are people who pray. The second set is our Father. So what he's saying right here, before he even goes into the prayer, is this. There's two different bases on which you can approach God. Number one, the pagans, the, the religious people, they're praying a lot and they think they'll be heard because of what they do. Right? And the second one, he's saying, don't be like them. But the second folks, they, he says, instead, you go to God as Father. There's your two different characters here. You got the hypocrites and the pagans, that's one. And the other folk, it, folks are going to God as father. And so he's talking about how to ask. There's two different bases and completely different on how you go to God. And can I tell you something too? I want to say this another level. I think we've all been one of these characters back and forth. I don't think it's, you know what I mean? Like you think, I was and now I'm, no, I think sometimes I float back and forth into them. And so as we, before we even look into the Our Father prayer, Mike, <laughs> we have to address this because Yeshua says it. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to set some free people free today and, uh, and see about this. See, when you approach anyone for an exchange on, on the street, give or take, there are certain like parameters, aren't there? In other words, if I went to, let's say, New York City, just human to human, I'd be able to walk up to someone and say, hey, do you know what time it is? That's acceptable, right? I might even be able to say like, yo, do you have a quarter? I, I'm short for the bus. That's pushing it. But, but I'm approaching you, you're a human, I'm a human, there's my basis for interaction, right? I couldn't walk up to a stranger on the street and say, I need a kidney. 
<laughs> right? Or, 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 or something like that. Hey, give me your coat. I'm cold. I'm cold. You have a coat. Give me your... That's too much, right? Too much for that relationship. And he's saying this. There's two basic ways that you can come to God. It's very similar to human relationships. He's saying this. You can come to God in a business relationship or a family relationship. That's exactly what he's saying. In a business relationship, he's saying this. I have something for you. You have something for me. Let's exchange. And oh my God, Father, please forbid when that comes into our faith with Creator God. Because it is there and present in every single one of our faith systems. It just is. It is. We live in an interaction world, a give and take world, a contract, not covenant world. It happens. But there's also family relationships. And in family relationships, it's this. It's not what I have for you. It's who I am and what I am to you. It's a totally different thing, isn't it? I mean, you, that's the thing about, you know, I've told you this a million times. Becoming a dad changed everything about the way I look at God. So I'm like, oh, it's, it's settled. Alex and Izzy, no matter what happens on this earth, no matter what happens, are my children. What if they choose to murder someone? That didn't change the birthing process. Right? So Alex, in fact, we, we actually, <laughs> yeah, okay, all right, I'll tell you a story. <laughs> he was being a little uh, mischievous the other day. I have one of those, Britt and Brian brought over one of those Propel water things, and they've got the really cool tops that you can squirt, whatever. I wouldn't buy it, I'm too cheap, but they brought it over, so I recycled it, which you probably shouldn't keep drinking out of it, but I did. Well, I filled it up, you ever, you ever get those little like packets of, what are they, babe? There's like fruit punch, and you mix it into a water bottle, and it's like zero calories, whatever, whatever, don't feel bad after you've been to the gym. That's why I have it. <laughs> well, in other words, it's cheap and it's sugar-free. Well, so I'm drinking and I felt like the kids, the kids thought it was the coolest thing ever. Like this new bottle with this stuff that daddy's drinking. So they're, they're drinking it. I'm like, guys, you can have as much as you want. It costs like two cents for those things. Like for once, I'm going to let you have it. And it's not going to make you hyper, which is a win for everyone. But we're walking from the blueberries to the whatever. You don't care. We're walking and I've got my camel shorts on, as you do. Are there any other type? And uh, it has a pocket here, and I have the bottle in there. And so Alex comes along, and I can see him. You know, you can read your kids, right, Carl? You're going to do something stupid. I can see it in your eyes. And I see him, like, he goes to hold my hand. I was like, yeah, right. So he goes to hold my hand, and he grabs the bottle. <laughs> and I'm like, did you, just, did you just pretend to hold my hand because you want to steal my bottle? He goes, yeah. I was like, number one, good job not lying to me. You just saved your own life. <laughs> number two, buddy, all you got to do is ask. I'm your dad, and you said, I said, you said, you didn't have to slyly do, just ask, bro. You're you, I'm me, it's settled, right? This is what we're talking about right here. I laughed about it, but I also want to kind of sock him one, like slimy little, where'd you learn that from your, your mama? <laughs> um, we, can talk, we can talk about this too. Um, you know, you can have a relationship, let's say with a landlord, but it's a lot different when, you're, when your children live in your home or, or when you live with your parents. And the thing about the business and family relationship, what we're getting to before we get to this prayer, they don't mix very well together at all. That's why as an employer, it's best not to become friends with your employees. Because then, uh, right, or it just doesn't work. Never the twain shall meet. And I think what Jesus is doing here is saying these two are polar opposites. Be very aware of this. Before I even teach you to have what I have, there's a way that you can have it and a way that you can destroy it. That's what he's saying. You follow me so far? I don't want to beat a dead horse on this, but I really want you to understand this. All right. Here's how you can tell which, which basis you're approaching. Jesus is about to use prayer as an indicator or a test, if you will. But he's saying this. If you're approaching God on a business level, he's saying this. You'll babble. Your words will be many. 
to babble means to, to, you know, to say lots of words, or some would even say that they would call out the name of all these different gods, hoping one would answer. That's, if you look into a commentary, that's what they'll say. But he's saying this, here's how you'll know if you're approaching God in a business model. Your words will be many. The two phrases are interesting because in other translations they say this, they'll heap up empty phrases thinking they'll be heard because of their vain repetition. The words can be a little vague, but the word babbling in Greek means like empty words are many, ready? Here's how you know whether you're a pagan or a Christian according to Jesus. What happens when your prayers aren't answered? This is what we're gonna get into, you ready? When our prayers aren't answered, you may find that you become cold and anxious. Cold because you say this, I've been paying the rent and I deserve this from you. Father, I've been doing this, this, and this. Have I not gone to church? I'm not doing this anymore. What's happening? Ding. That's a business interaction with God. And that's how you know which category you're in that day. It's true. Or if you don't get that way cold, you'll, you'll, you'll become anxious and say this. Oh, I guess I haven't been doing enough of this or enough of that. Ooh, you get it? That's how you know which one. Because when you approach Father, those things wouldn't come in. It would just be basis of relationship, right? But that's how we realize this. When things fall apart or they're not going well, how do we respond? I don't, know about, I don't know about you, but if I get angry, I realize this. God's not coming through. He's not doing his part. You're not doing your job. See, because I did this, you, you need to be doing this. And like I said, that's, 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 my, uh, that's my thing. Or again, um, I start to feel guilty and think, well, you know, I'm not as good as that person over there or this person over there. And Jesus is saying this. You can't approach God and call him father while you're in a business interaction with him. It, it can't happen. And so if that does happen, you always have an option. You can change the way we come to God. A Christ follower is someone who says, God, come into my life, be my father, and it becomes done. Okay? So Jesus says this. He says, start your prayers. Go to God as father before you do anything. So let's actually start the prayer. We, we understand your warning. This then, knowing that there's two ways to approach God, one will get you nowhere. Hey, you know what that reminds me of? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Right? You have nothing to offer God spiritually. Uh, totally. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it totally fits with this. This then, knowing that there's two ways, here's how you should pray. You should pray the family relationship. You should pray father, not business interaction. So he's actually guiding you through that. Isn't that cool, Mike? We're not even in the prayer yet. He's saying, don't approach God on the, the, the works behavior. Don't do it. Instead, here's how you should pray. Kirk, go to your dad. Go to dad. Leave the business stuff for the world. You're just buying, selling, and trading every day, right? Go to your jobs. Don't do that with God. Instead, crawl over to your dad and say this. Father in heaven, holy, hallowed is your name. And so now we're actually going to, uh, we're going to, get, into, uh, we're going to get into the actual prayer. Do I have John 17 by any chance? I don't, do I? No. Okay. No, I don't. That's cool. I just beat the crap out of that last point. <laughs> it's bleeding on the page. So let's actually go through, the, go through the prayer. Now, what's interesting about this is, I'm going to give you a, a little spoiler. This, then, is how you should pray. And, but he also said, don't, don't, don't heap up empty phrases in vain repetition. And you know what we did? We take what he's about to say and repeated it over and over and over again. Didn't we? He just said, don't do this. They think they'll be heard because of the words they say. But say, our Father who art in heaven. And so what do we do? Our Father, amen, amen. We did exactly what he told us not to do. He told us that, right? Does anybody get what I'm saying? That's why we're not going to do it today. We're not going to do that. Instead, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do what I do with Psalm 23, with the Beatitudes. I'm going to break this down and give it meaning. Just expose the meaning to it. 
so that no longer are you going to just heap up an empty phrase. For example, a good portion of people don't know what the word hollowed means. That's okay. No one's coming at you. But if you're praying it and don't know what it means, isn't it a vain repetition? Yes, it is. This then is how you should pray, knowing that there's two ways to come to God. He says, Justin, when you come to God, realize you're talking to your dad who knows your voice, who loves you, and turns in your direction when he hears it. And if you don't believe me, right now, if Roman were to go, Daddy, you'd go, right? Nothing in you could stop you from turning around, right? It is just a fact of life. Guys, got any kids? Marie has kids all the way across the other side of the United States. But if somehow her voice appeared in this room, Marie would hearken. In the matter, no matter what. I'll tell you what. I screwed up that first song. You want to know why? My kids weren't here. So I was singing and playing at the same time, and I wasn't even here with you at all during Old Rugged Cross. I was waiting to see them walk in. And so when I was supposed to go to an E, I went to a D. But come on, a little credit for the multitasking, by the way. I still pulled it off, didn't I? Even though I was daydreaming. That's why. Because nothing I could do could lock me in until my kids were safe. You know what I mean? Once I saw them, worship got good for me. <laughs> but so when you pray to God, when you pray, before you even get through it, Terry, you're not saying, creator God. Do you realize what he could have said here? I'm not going to beat this up. Mary Beth, what could he have said? Supreme all father, who art in heaven, right? Creator God, everlasting one, alpha and omega. He could have said any of these things, but Jesus says those aren't, that's not, that's not how God said himself. You can do that, but the system set in place is this. You're his kid. And so when you pray, number one, realize you're not praying as some stranger. You're praying as his beloved kid. And number two, okay, so, so God hears you and all that about God, but before you even pray, Mary Beth, he's saying, I want you to remember before every prayer that you utter to God, I want you to remember you're his kid. I want you to come like this. Because so many of us walk in like this, don't we? We hobble in and go, sorry, Dad. Ooh, anybody else do that? Does anybody else start their prayer with an apology? I do! And, and sometimes I'm like so used to the day areas I'm like weak in, I'm like... Sorry, Father God, how are you today? And he says, <laughs> how awful is that? There are times when I've been like, sorry, Lord God, I struggled with, well, actually, no, I'm just so used to telling you I struggled with it that I started with an apology. What? What kind of relationship am I thinking I'm in, right? Can you open that window? I'm sweating like a sick monkey. Can you open that window too, please? <laughs> Do monkeys sweat? I was going to say sick dog, but they only sweat through their pads, right? They don't actually sweat. Anyway, see what my brain does up here? <laughs> At least somebody laughed. You ever do that, guys? And what he's saying is this. No. Walk into the throne room as a beloved. You're not the pagan. You're not the hypocrite. Knock it off. You've been doing that. And we're only two words into this prayer. Okay, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Father who art in heaven, hallowed be the name. Now listen. All my life, I thought, Father in heaven, I thought, and I used to preach this and I apologize. By the way, give me room to grow up here. I'm just a dude. Father in heaven. You know what I used to say, Val? I used to say, that phrase means, you know... He's father, but he's also removed. Until you look into the word for heaven. Mike, there's three words in the Greek for heaven. One is like so far ahead. One is the firmament and the expanse. And this word for heaven means present and right here. What? So he doesn't mean heavens. He means in the space between. So what you're actually saying is this. When you pray, pray this. Father, you are right with me. Father who is near, hallowed be your name. I thought it was like father who's removed... Do you see what I'm saying? But this word heaven is not the ethereal. It's not the expanse. It's the space between. 
It's the, it's the chemical interactions going on inside of you, the cellular divisions. What? So Jesus just said, don't pray like the pagans. Pray, Father, you're right here with me. Hallowed be your name. Dope, right? If, if nothing else, I'm excited to have learned that yesterday. Now, I will say this. Father in heaven, Father who's near, hallowed be your name. Hallowed is not a word we use too much. Oh, hallowed. It was a hallowed day. <laughs> we, we just don't do that, right? Hallowed essentially means holy. Uh, may your name be kept holy, hallowed. So here's what I get now, accurately. Father who's near, you're holy. So when we sing, you're a good, good father, it's who you are, it's half of the story. Because we need a good father who cares. But if he was just good and not great, we're all in big trouble. But instead we have unstoppable God, let your glory go on and on, right? How great is our God. We need a great God who also cares. That's what he's saying. Dad, who's near, but you are awesome. You are fire on the mountain. You are separate. You're lightning. You're, you're more than what my kid needs to be healed. You're more than I need for, for guidance in the future. You're lightning. You're, you're the storm. You're my dad. See that tension? And man, we were talking yesterday, again, I had a, a really nice time yesterday talking, and, and we were talking about different systems that approach God, and, and I, I try real hard not to beat up certain systems, and I do have my own biases, I gotta tell you. Certain churches kick my butt around, so I don't like them as much anymore. <laughs> it's just human nature. But there's tension on the wings of the plane, isn't there? You can walk into some places that they call cathedrals, and you feel, oh, 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 <laughs> And all of a sudden, God to me goes, way up on a throne far, far away. One, two, two nods. Anybody else? Three, four. But that's not necessarily, it's bad if that's where you stop. You're great and far away and removed. Wrong. But sometimes, some of us, we get caught into Buddy Christ. Jesus is just all right with me. Anybody from the 60s and 70s? <laughs> Jesus is just all right. Oh, yeah. He doesn't mind. He's cool, man. <laughs> what is wrong with me? I normally drink Diet Dew. It's all the sugar. Um, no, that's not right either, guys. Oh, he's absolutely our best friend, and I just did this good and great thing. But what he's doing in this prayer, very simply in the first page, is saying, remember all that God is. Don't err on either side. Because if you do, you're just going to have this unbalanced relationship with God. Where, like I said, you walk in feeling like a worm because you're so great, God. Or you walk in kicking the door, what up, God? You don't care what I'm doing. And he's going, excuse me, I alone sit on this throne. Right? There's this balance, and you'll walk it out the rest of your lives. But Jesus is saying, if you want to have what I have, remember, teach us to pray. If you want to have what I have, you've got to understand all these different sides of God. And I'm sure Bev can tell you, one wing gets more someday, and one wing gets the other, right? But keep it in mind. And he gave us this prayer, not for something for us to pray in vain repetition, but to, to, as a guidepost, right? So let's keep going. We got through the first one. Let's go to the next one. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done as earth as it is in heaven. All right, good. I don't have any more notes for the most part. You know what I see here? Although I have my own issues and problems and the world is spinning madly on, Father, I'm prioritizing that whatever you're doing is actually most important on this planet and that it's bigger than me and that I'm a part of a body of believers where each prayer need in here is as important to me or needs to be as my own. We're an organism for a reason. We're a body. 
That's why we're so tempted to live alone and, and to isolate because you're weak and vulnerable when you do that. And it doesn't line up with what God's doing in our lives. Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. May what you want come to earth. United States, New York, St. Lawrence County, Norwood. My home, my family, my heart. Do you see what I just did? And really what that is, is it's us using our free will to surrender back to God and say, you're trustworthy. And what you're doing is greater than I can, than I can picture and fathom. Man, can you plug things in? I want to pick on Marie again. Part of the family moved away, right? But what you're doing is bigger than me and my needs and my wants, right? Whatever your situation may be right now, it's, but may your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, I get to be a part of what you're doing. Help me to keep your perspective. Is that cool or what? And that doesn't mean that our needs are lesser. It's not. They're coming. But it's, this is the healthiest way for us to have what Christ had, to, to see through the eyes of, of, of God and through corporation and say, there's a bigger plan than myself. I'm safe within it. Does that make sense? That's the part that, if somebody were taking notes, I'd like you to, there's a bigger part and I'm safe within it. I like that. I want to highlight this one last thing. When I pray this, because spoiler, that's probably what we're going to be doing this week. I really focus on me. And I say, Lord, may your kingdom come and your will be done while I'm, while I'm watching the kids with me, and, with me and Melanie. Like right here in this house, I've prayed the, the cosmos, the, the statewide, and, but I want what you want in my heart with, when, when it means more patience for them and more grace and maybe going and doing things I don't want to do to serve other people. I open, I open my heart to you. That's what this is saying. Next slide, please. And here's the provision part. You got to remember at this point, there was no, there were no big box stores. There were no refrigeration. What it was saying is this, you know what we need and daily will you provide it? In the understanding that the grace that's available for me today is just for today. Oh, that's good. Just like the manna taught us, you couldn't get it for anybody else and you couldn't hoard it. It was daily bread. And Jesus is reminding us, every day you go to God and fill with grace. Have you ever had a day, okay, how about this? In the last two weeks, you ever had a day where you're about halfway through or almost through the day and you realize you haven't talked to God at all? I was doing the dishes the other day, having the crappiest day. Not crappy necessarily, anything bad happened. That's religion too. Oh, I didn't talk to him, so he's gonna, right? <laughs> okay, that's just me apparently. Well, I'm doing the dishes and I didn't have peace and I didn't have comfort and I didn't have joy, it was just me. And I was like, and I went back through my day. I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't, I haven't, <laughs> So all I did at that point was just go, Father, I'm, I'm high. Ooh, like, right? I just went, I got so busy doing other stuff. Guess what? I missed my daily bread. And my tummy, spiritually, metaphorically, rumbled at about three or four o'clock. I miss my dad. I miss Father God. That one third part of me, that spirit that I've neglected, has been like, hey, what about, what about me? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you need, you need fed too. That's what that's saying, isn't it? That's also, of course, a trust issue. But you know what this also says? Don't miss this. This is a big point that I'm just coming up with right now, so I believe it's God. Bring your needs to God. Bring every single thing you ever need to God. You are allowed to ask him. Oh, time out. Do you know what that at this time? Forget the history lesson. Let's just use common sense. 
This was 2,000 years ago, right-ish? 2,000 years ago and beyond, it was kingdoms, right? And even if it wasn't kingdoms, it was tribes, and they always had tribe leaders in the whole nine, right? Do you know that you have to let the king know what you're going to talk to him about before you walk in? For example, I don't care what you think about our highest office. Whether If you were going to go in and see the president from Carter to now, he got to know why you're in there so you're not wasting his time. And if you bring up other stuff, no. You're here to talk about this. Do you understand what I'm saying? And God just said that he's not that way. He's not that way. He just said, give us today everything we need. You're allowed, you're allowed and you're encouraged to talk about those needs to him. Doesn't have to be formal. Doesn't have to be listed out. And you're not being regulated. Mike, does that make sense? I wonder if it would mean something to military folks who you don't have to just walk in when you have orders to be here. And you don't get just this amount of time. Give us today what we need. Bring it to God. Now, I don't just want your papers, your orders, and gone. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do away with that. That's the law. All right, I'm losing you, so here's what we're going to do. Jesus, you have something that I want. How do you have this? And he says, then they say, teach us. And he says this. This is the way Father God works. The law, the mountain, the sacrificing, all that stuff is gone. Now you get to just share you. And whatever it may be, do you think he couldn't have filled in exact stuff here? He could have said this, right? Uh, what does he say? Worry not about what you will eat, what you'll drink, or what you wear elsewhere in the Bible, right? He could have said, give us today what we'll eat, drink, and wear. And you know what would have happened if Jesus said that on that mountain? We would know we're only allowed to talk to him about eat, drink, and wear. Do you get it? But when he said daily bread, it can be, my plow truck is still not working. I'm worried about it. I'm anxious. I don't want to spend a bunch of money to it. I'm allowed to bring that to him. It's my daily concern. It's a daily need. The children, the sneakers, the, you know, he's going to play summer soccer pretty soon. What if traveling on the 4th? Do you get it? God just ripped the veil. Wide open. That was a nerdy Bible joke. The veil ripped and you're allowed to open. You get it? Oh, I'm going to start doing jumping jacks up here. This is such a big deal. Father in heaven, hallowed is your name. The crown is firmly affixed on creator God who's made of light, lightning and fire. But bring your daily needs. You're raising kids. Bring it all to him. He's not too busy. He's lightning on the mountain, but you get to crawl on his lap. And I know it sounds like I'm repeating it, but this is the craziest news of all time. Creator God spun it all up and wants to be a part of it in every intimate thing with you. This then is how you should pray. And ask him for what you need. Well, I would, uh, I would ask him, but there's starving kids in Africa. No? What did he just say? Anybody ever have those thoughts? Well, it's just not that bad because Susie down the road, she's going through. Stop. Stop. God doesn't do the sliding scale crap. You get all of him. You get all of him. You get all of him. I sound like Oprah. You get all of him. You get all of him. <laughs> Thank you, Lisa. Right? He doesn't say, AJ, you know, you're, you're struggling financially. Uh, Nick, my brother, you're struggling here. Whoever's more serious gets the attention. Everyone's daily bread gets attention. Next one, please. Some of us are still really resistant to that, but I got to move on. Forgive us our debts as we've forgiven our debtors. This is obviously a very important, very important thing to God. And some of us, I'm, I'm not going to hang out on this, but some of us, this is a huge rock in our proverbial river and it's blocking blessings and it's blocking communication with God. Because we're walking up and we're asking for things that we're not willing to give other folks. 
That's just how it is. What do I say before? I heard it from someone else. Now it's mine because I said it three times. I say this. I want grace from God. I want justice for you. Ooh. Grace for me, justice for him. And Jesus is saying, in not so many words, wrong again, Ernie. You don't get to come to God that way. Be mindful of how you are with his other brothers and sisters who are also probably praying this pray, prayer and have needs. This, how can we have what you have, Jesus? Be mindful of other people. That's what he's saying in this prayer. Forgive us. He even goes so far as to say, because again, you don't take one verse for theology and you don't just vainly repeat prayers. If you're at the altar and you remember your brother has something against you, leave your gift there and go be reconciled. That's a big deal. Unity and peace. Let me tell you something, man. In that, in that office, me, Gordon, and, and, and Bruce today prayed for a spirit of unity in this place. Let me give you a warning because I know a lot of folks from other churches listen to this podcast, which is, you're welcome. And you're always welcome to rip off my sermons, too. People feel guilty. They're like, I'll steal your messages. I'm like, steal away. Absolutely. What a compliment. That's amazing. Um, let me be aware. And you, you folks from other churches, where there is someone who wants to bring in a spirit of div division, the body will most likely fall. Or, okay, maybe not fall necessarily, but unhealth will be there with one spot of division. Been there, been there, been there. I know your stories. Been there. A kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. So therefore, if you're praying to me and you want unity with me, the Father, make sure you have unity with you, brother and sister. Gabish? Yeah, this is a big deal. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. I could go for an hour. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. That's, <laughs> that's a good way to remember that. I have been praying before, guys, and I mean real needs, and all of a sudden I remember this person I have yet to forgive. And I don't think that it's ironic that that comes to mind when I'm praying. I think God's saying this, get right, bro. Get right. There is a way that this universe works that I made. You're forgiven, absolutely. But now you have the responsibility to forgive. And if you don't, there is something in it that will block. Not, you'll still be heard, uh, but there are stern warnings. Let's put it that way. So next one, please. And lead us not into temptation. Now, interestingly enough, God leads no one into temptation. Do you know that? Let me clear that up. Justin, God doesn't tempt people. God doesn't lead people into temptation. God does not make people sin, for God is without sin. I'm paraphrasing the, the epistles. No, he doesn't do that. But each of us, for our own desires, are dragged away and enticed. He doesn't have to teach you how to sin, guys. Y'all know real well how to do that. And temptations will come, says Jesus Christ. What this actually is saying, and believe it or not, it was a pope a few hundred years ago that went back and translated this a different way. He said, allow us not to be overcome in temptation. And that's essentially what the word is, what they're talking about here in Greek. Now, Jesus, I'm not sure if Jesus gave this in Greek or if he gave it in Aramaic. But either way, he's saying this. Allow us not to be overcome with temptation. That's a good prayer because it's actually the truth. It's truth. He'll give us a way out, says the Bible. And what that's doing is, though, remember, Jesus, we want to have what you have. Glenn, when you're praying this, it's this. Okay, so you're going through all these things and you've just remembered that you need to forgive, even though you might be tempted not to forgive. But I remember, but with all the things I'm facing, Father, number one, I remind myself I won't be crushed by it that I have free will and I have a choice. And always, Father, protect us from evil. It's a reminder to ourselves. You don't need to ask God to not tempt you because he's never going to. Who tempted Jesus in the desert? So not God, right? Do you see how that works? 
Who tempted anyone in the Bible? Who tempted Eve? Yeah, exactly. So when you say lead us not in temptation, you're not saying, Father, try not to trip me. Some of us have this idea. There we go. Okay, okay, okay. Some of us have this idea that God is like that father who just for yucks will let you run and then trip you. And you go, ah, first day on your new feet. <laughs> Don't be that, Dad. No, he doesn't want to see us fail, get it? So when you're praying this, don't do it in vain repetition, of course, but, and lead us not into temptation. It's actually a reminder, wink, you're never going to let me crush, be crushed. You're never going to let me, let me down. And I like this part too, but deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from the evil one. This is an acknowledgement, of course, that there's a spiritual battle around us everywhere. And honestly, I know you guys think I'm Looney Tunes, cuckoo, coconuts, and that's fine. Because I've been called worse. <laughs> Every day I say this, we're healthy in Jesus' name. No weapon formed against Alex, Izzy, Melanie, and myself shall prosper. There's power, life, and death in the tongue. Remember when I told you the story about Alex saying his car seat? Well, yeah, 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 we were coming back from Messina where you guys were at like label shop or something years ago before Izzy, Izzy was born. And I'm just listening to the radio, country music, of course, because that's God's preferred uh, <laughs> music. That's a joke. Um, and I hear, what, Bob? No weapon for him, he can't prosper. Isn't that cool? That's what Alex speaks out over himself. We have a spiritual enemy. We have a battle to fight. And our weapons are not carnal. But one of the big weapons is the word of God. I speak the word of God over my family and my life. I do. That's what this is saying. Deliver us from the evil one. We're not going to bury our heads in the sand and go, everything's fine, because no, it's not. Next slide, please. Oh, you know what? That ends the prayer, didn't it? Stay right there. That ends the prayer. Did you know that? What else would you say? Would anybody say anything else? Yeah? Um, yeah, deliver us from evil. For, th for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And what you'll do is if you have a study Bible, you'll see it says earliest manuscripts don't have this part. But can I show you why I think that was in the Bible? This is totally an age of discovery that I'm, I'm, I'm crazy about. I'll show you why I think thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory now and forever, amen, is actually part of this prayer. Because elsewhere in Matthew, when the devil took him to an extremely high mountain, what did he show him? The kingdoms, the power of the world, and the glory of them. God showed me that one day, Brenda. Can you imagine? The sequence of those words. Kingdom, power, glory. Because I was like, glory, it wasn't in there. Ugh. And you know what we're doing when you say... For yours alone, that's how I say it. Yours alone is the kingdom and power and glory now and forever. It's attributing to God what's his. It's rooting for it to come back to him at the end times. Isn't that neat? Yes. Oh, yeah. So I actually believe it is part of the prayer because there's no irony in the Bible. Those three words that way, that's kingdom, power, and glory. I think that's awesome. So let's do this. We're almost done. Let's jump to what? Let's go over to Luke, Mike. Remember? Luke. We're going to go to Luke, and we're going to see what Jesus chooses to say at the end of his thing. And then we're done. I promise. I know, I know it's fourth quarter here. So he just got done saying the same thing, God. And he says this. For suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have nothing set before him. This is what he says in Luke right after the Our Father prayer. But you can't trim. You got to see, you know. And, and then he says, yeah, next one. Then he says, don't bother me. The door's locked. My kids are in bed, you know, with me. I, I can't get up and give you anything. Jesus says, but I tell you, though he won't get up and give him the bread because he's his friend, 
because of the man's boldness, he'll get up and give him as much as he needs. Now, that's one of those, I'm going to be honest with you, I was like, huh? <laughs> Is God the guy asking, who's God supposed to be in this? I didn't understand it. Isn't it weird? He gives the Our Father prayer bill and immediately goes, because, you know, when you run out of bread, but we're Jews, so we have to be hospitable to each other, and it's midnight, and even your best friend, you go over and you start pounding on the door, but even your best friend won't get up and give you stuff, but he'll still give it to you because you're bold, right? Jeez, what do you... I feel like the disciples. We always pick on the disciples because they're thick. I have no idea what this means. <laughs> that was a funny story. Well, actually, it is a funny story. He's actually telling something that would be quite comical at the time. And the whole idea, I won't get into the nerd stuff, but they literally would sleep on a floor usually. The kids would be sleeping. Even the chickens and goats, if they were poor, would be in there sleeping. And once you wake a chicken, people... <laughs> I have no idea. I don't have chickens, Sharon. <laughs> what he's saying is this, ready? Oh. He's saying this. It speaks of persistence. It just speaks of persistence. And can I tell you something too? And I might be the only person who ever said this and I might be wrong, but he's sort of telling a joke. Jesus is making a very funny set of circumstances. You wanna know why I know that? Because Jesus had a sense of humor and he was really fun to be around. What's the first thing he did in the book of John? He went to a wedding. Why? Because he was invited. Why? Because people liked him. That's cool too, isn't it? Jesus, we want what you have. Well, guess what? Maybe in the kingdom I have a sense of humor too. Oh man, I'm gonna start smashing stuff. That was good. Mike, you give me? No, 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 because listen, the people on the mountain, they said, okay, so where do I put this stick? Up my fingertip? <laughs> Glenn got it. Thanks, Glenn. I gotta have a stick in my to, to, to be religious and stuff, right? And Jesus ends this off by telling a joke essentially. Isn't that funny, dude? But you know why it gets answered? Persistence. And I think we have one more slide. Persistence. And so I say to you, he ends this, the Our Father prayer, because we always separate this, Mike, I don't know why, by saying this. So you know what he's saying? Okay. As the end. Number one, he's shooting down the idea that the prayer he just said has power. That the prayer itself has power. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Saying that prayer is not magical. That's why I notice I haven't called it the Lord's Prayer. You notice that? I didn't. I haven't called it the Lord's Prayer. I don't want to say that because people say, oh, the Lord's Prayer. That has more power than, Father, you know, I'm driving on the motorcycle today. Could you be with me? No, it doesn't. But you've been taught that this one's one of the sacred ones. And then Jesus says something like this. No. No. Persistence has power. And this prayer itself is not some breakthrough secret magic formula. In fact, you're going to have to knock and keep knocking. In fact, you're going to have to ask, seek, and knock, but there are promises. And the last thing he points out in this is this. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. Um, I, I want to point this out. Yeah, yeah, because I, I still didn't understand this, but notice he says, go, let's go back to two. I'm sorry, guys, but that one was confusing. I haven't done a good job. I got to do you. I got to do you right here. He says, um, yeah, it is like a guy who goes and asks for bread. Suppose one of you has a friend and he goes to him at midnight and says, friend, and then because a friend, friend, friendy, friend, friend, which guys, uh, phileo, it actually means best friend, really tight friend, okay? You ready for this? You're the guy looking for bread. In other words, Marie, think of two people you would have no problem knocking on their house at midnight. Your best pal there and you guys got one? Probably you two, Sharon and Val. Yeah, guys, can you think of people like that? Yeah. Y'all know mine, Pete. Pete could be in his house with his chickens and his goats, and I would pound on that door, no problem. 
<laughs> I don't care. I need bread. Come on, wake up, dummy. Right? That's how we can approach God. Not the wake up dummy part. <laughs> it's just me and Pete. There's that, the word in here too, mixed into the story, Mike, is shameless. Without shame. Because shame, my, my shame and reproach, he gladly bore. There doesn't need to be any. Father, I need you. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm still worried about this thing. Ba, 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 ba. He's not going to wake up and be peeved off at me. Proud of me for not swearing there. He's not going to wake up and go, right? Yeah, that's what was in there. And the last thing I want to say is this. Don't give up. Persistence is key. Seriously, this is the last thing I'll say. I've been doing this full-time ministry for seven years. I cannot count the amount of people who have fallen off, fallen away, and stopped following Christ because something didn't happen when they wanted it. And I'm done counting. I'm done mourning, actually. I'm done mourning the empty seats. Who we, we asked, it didn't happen, I'm out. Jesus, they say, we want what you have. He says, here's how, here's how you have what I have. You approach God on the basis of relationship, Father. This is the things that you're allowed to and, and, and is supposed to bring to yourself, share yourself with this knowledge. Be persistent because sometimes the journey, the process itself is there to do something in you that is more important than the actual outcome. I think of, I think of the, let me pick on Steph for a second because she's tough. And it's a big week. I mean, come on. So let's rewind for a tick, shall we? Let's go back, let's say five years. Here's a person who faithfully, she could have very much done the religious hypocrite thing, faithfully serves God, and yet is looking around for a spouse and a family, right? In her mind, and I'm not being mean, I'm just, in her mind, anybody in her position, Father, uh, I'm not getting any younger. Uh, I wanted it like yesterday. I've prayed this prayer maybe 1.2 billion times. Where are you? Now in eternity present, here we are, that was the past, here we are, she can look back and realize that that process is what made her her, what gave her him specifically, and this specific baby Graceland would not exist without that process. And so we may look back and curse while we're in it, but we look back and bless, don't we? We lost, we lost technically three children in the womb, but I held Alex. Now ready for a paradox conundrum? If that hadn't happened, there wouldn't be an Alex. What Alex would have come? No, don't you know anything about DNA? No, it's impossible. That specific sperm needed to meet that specific egg to make that specific person. His spirit, sure, that's all God. But if we hadn't lost those three, there would be no Alex. So now do I wish it back? Ooh, see? May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. My hand's off the wheel. Because what I called cursed was actually a blessing. And Jesus says the only way you're going to know it, see it through till you see it as a blessing. Ask, seek, and knock. Because she wouldn't change those years. Now they're journal entries. And it's amazing how you forget the pain of those yesteryears too, don't you? When you met Dave and all of a sudden you're like, wow, this is love awesome. Did you curse loneliness anymore? He didn't have time to curse loneliness anymore, right? When you meet Graceland, are you going to curse the journey that got you there? It's part of her story. But guys, this is all pithy. And again, I could sing God Bless the Broken Road from Rascal Flats. But here's the real spiritual yuck of it all. People quit all the time. God, you're not doing your job. It's true, man. They quit all the time. 
And I've become hardened toward it because it's some of my close fa friends, family members. God has three answers, folks. Yes, no, or not yet. Don't treat not yet like a no. Don't do that. Some could even call that blasphemy. Keep going, says Jesus. So to end, we're done. Jesus, we want what you have. Teach us how to have it. And he concludes by saying, and no matter what, don't give up. Don't believe your feelings. Don't believe the lies around you. Just keep going. And I am there to answer. I'll, you'll always be answered, I promise. But I'm not going to promise that it's in your timing. So this is the whole point of today. I'm giving you homework. All of us. This week, I challenge you not to earn favor with God, not to be better, not to earn points, but I challenge you every, every day to say this prayer, a version of this prayer, out loud. I'll tell you the version I usually pray. Let me just do it off the cuff. Father in heaven, you're holy. Um, may what you want be done you know, in my life in this situation as it, as it is done in heaven. Uh, yeah, Father, please don't let me be tempted beyond more what I can do. Thanks for that promise. Um, and please deliver us from evil. Please protect the kids and whatever as well. Um, please help me to forgive, Lord God, as you've forgiven me. And please provide for us all that we need. Everything is yours, Father God, and I love you so much. Amen. I want to challenge you every week, uh, every, every day this week. That took 30 seconds. Pray it until it's not a vain repetition prayer anymore, but it's a safe place to go and remind you of who he is. On a hill far away Stood an old rugged cross The emblem of suffering and shame And I love that old cross Where the dearest and best For a world of lost sinners was slain so I'll cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday So despised by the world Has a wondrous attraction to me For the dear Lamb of God Left his glory above To bear her to dark Calvary So I'll change
To the old rugged cross I will ever be true Its shame and reproach gladly bear Then he'll call me someday To my home far away Where his glory forever I'll share so I'll cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down And I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday Yes, I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown.
sing Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. In our lives. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be Jesus, 
But the reason we gather together is because the strength of one becomes the strength of us all in the Holy Spirit. So as we sing praise you in this storm, we realize that that's a choice we're going to make no matter where we are in life, either the storm that's to come or the storm we're standing in right now. I was sure by now, God, you would have reached down and wiped out tears away and stepped in and saved the day. But once again, I say amen, and it's still raining, and as the thunder rolls, I barely hear you whisper through the rain, I'm with you, and as your mercy falls, I'll raise my hands and praise the God who gives takes away and I will praise you in this storm and I will lift my hands for you are who you are no matter where I am and every tear I've cried you hold Praise you in this storm. I remember when I stumbled in the wind. You heard my cry to you and raised me up again. My strength is almost gone. How can I carry on? If I Thunder rolls. I barely hear you whisper through the rain. I'm with you, and as your mercy falls, I raise my hands and praise the God who gives, takes away. I will praise you in this storm. I lift my eyes and 
I was your foe, still your love fought for me. You have been so, so good to me. When I felt no worth, you paid it all. so kind to me. Let's sing of that love of God. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it, and I don't deserve it, but still you
spoke a word, you were singing over me. You have been so, so good to me.
Yes, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord Jesus. You are the King of kings and Lord of lords. We thank you that uh, the relationship you have with the Father is not something you kept to yourself. Instead, you did, Father. You ripped the veil. And you made a way for us to come to you and live in a way that you live, Lord Jesus, connected fully to you, Heavenly Father. So we ask this, this week, it's not about us saying a prayer, Lord God, we realize that. But we just want to carve out the time, Lord God, to address you, to come before you in the way that you told us to come before you, remembering those things you highlighted as this world spins madly on. So we do pray a closeness this week that we've never known. We pray that your arms would wrap around us in need. We pray that your joy would fill our hearts, Lord God, as we go this week. You'd help us to, to walk in obedience and love for you that would spill out to all those around us. We pray this in the name of Christ Jesus, who is King of kings and Lord of lords. In your name we live, love, and worship, Jesus. Amen. All right, everybody, have a great week.